Welcome to another episode of our conversation on Giants in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I, of course, am Megan, and joining me for this series is the effervescent Casey. Ooh, hey, Mm. Megan. Oh, hi. (laughs) All right, so this episode is going to return to our conversation on Hill Giants. You thought we were done, but we back for more. But wait, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Oh, man. But we're going to touch that once we, uh, and by touch it, I mean not with with like a 10-foot pole, because it's gross. If you haven't listened to the previous episode on Hill Giants, I absolutely recommend that you do because we're going to go into a couple of details on some very specific Hill Giants. Um, so having a base knowledge would be really good. But before we do that, we are going to discuss a little bit on what it's like to role play Giants in general. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Now, before we pick up where we left off, Casey, in your opinion, which one of, which one is the sexiest giant so far? Uh, which one is Daddy <laughs> Giant? Like, where's... <laughs> Who is Daddy Giant? Fire Giant. Fire? Yep. I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what they lack in height, they make up in other areas. <laughs> Casey, my let's see. I'm all about the Frost Giant. I know you are. I know. Like it's, it's like I, I feel like anyone could pick me out of a crowd and be like, "That bitch likes Frost Giants." Like, <laughs> and they would not be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because they do not lack anything. They're just as aggressive as, as I need them to be. They have a good society for me to be a part of, and I would love to be a frost giant queen. You would suit it so well. Right. And maybe, well, my stature would be okay as a, as leader of a frost giant. I feel like as a delicate and, scientist, you would do really well for well, metal work. Yeah, I, and I, th- oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. That's so nice of you. <laughs> Oh my god! And like the the like I'm a planner, so yeah. like the tac the tactile strategy, very strategic, like nature of them. I'm just like I'm all about this. Okay, guys, huddle. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see you being the kind of boss that has slack huddles. Do you have slack huddles? No. Okay. <laughs> but I was gonna just call you out. Love a good slack huddle. Oh my god. Well, that being said, so we have talked over the course of these episodes on how to role play and tried to give you some inspiring tips and tricks on how to do so for each one based on the episodes that we were talking about. So let's take some time and just kind of compile and recap um, some of the differences and some of our ideas, shall we? Excellent. So just to give you a thing, Giants as a whole, as we have discovered, are wildly misinterpreted in social media. And I say social media because if they had an Instagram account, all you would see is either food, their last kill, their most favorite weapon... (laughs) Or just, you know, it's their most recent build, you know, if we're talking about the masonry and whatever. Like, I feel like a... I made this. Like, I just want to talk about what each of these Instagram feeds is going to look like for them. I think that would be fucking hilarious. But they do have history, and they have personality, and they do have purpose. There are things to remember as a DM when you were considering playing one of these fine folks. So why don't we just, again, we'll take a moment and we'll talk about each giant for just a hot sec and provide a quick tip on how to roleplay with them. Let's start with Storm Giants, shall we? Sure. And I feel like we have a lot to say about each of one of these. Should we have wine first? Casey, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. I just want to drink wine, actually. You're, you're like, I just want to crack this bitch away. I can't get through the opening without it, Megan. Absolutely. Do you want me to describe the wine for today? Sure. Because I'm the one that picked it out and it's a little aloof. Uh, so today we are going to drink from the Barefoot Collection from California. It's another Pinot Gris. Which we tend to drink quite a lot of. I think most of the wines we've had this last little bit have been white wine. Yeah. But it's the summer. It's crack, the summer. crack yourself a white wine. Anyways, we chose barefoot because hail giants have a tendency to not be wearing clothing. Hashtag loincloth. Hashtag loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how on the back it says uh, footnotes. <laughs> So this is a tart green apple. Notes mix it up with a white peach undertone. Floral blossoms and citrus aromas do the tango. Sunshine in a glass. So I would like to be very transparent that Barefoot Wine is a $10 wine. Nice. Yeah. Canadian. Great go-to. So that's like a $2 wine in the States. <laughs> True. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> this is going to get you where you need to go. Absolutely. Barefoot or not. I like it. So it is a white wine and it does actually pour like, like it's, it looks like water. I that coloring is very expensive looking. <laughs> All right, my dear. Cheers. Cheers. It does look like we're drinking water. That's not bad though. 
easy drinking. It's easy drinking. It's lacking something. There's definitely something <laughs> missing. You know, like. It's not too sweet. It's pretty light. Yeah, definitely not full bodied in any way, shape, or form. Not much like a frost giant. Anyways. <laughs> you and your fucking frost giants. You know what? I'm going to start, I'm going to start a support group for anyone else who has obsessions with frost giants because that's where I'm at right now. All right, well, so let's do it. Where were we? All right, again, we're going to give you guys some tips and tricks on how to role play um, or just some ideas, something creative or what have you for each of our giant friends. So we have the storm, the cloud, the fire, the frost, stone, and of course, what we're talking about today, the hill giant. So let's start with the storm giant. Casey, what are your thoughts? Storm giants. Okay, so these are the most elite. They have high stats essentially across the board, and they are highly intelligent. So Mm -hmm. play them as such. Um, it's just your players and party's problem if they don't recognize a giant as a storm giant and try and just fight with it because this one won't. Absolutely. And I mean, storm giants are the ones that aren't necessarily found easily. These are the ones Mm -hmm. that are like hiding, like way, way underground or high above in the clouds. Yeah. Right? Like, so you're not going to come across one of these often. So if you do, you definitely as a DM want to make sure that it's worth their fucking time to go and visit them. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to role play them, remember that there's like, in my mind, I imagine Storm Giants to be wise old men. Yeah. And they're, they're aligned good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they're positive. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. like, um, what was it? They're the ones that are like the seers, right? So they're the ones that like can predict battles and do these kinds of things. So I, I would love to just role play them as like that hippy dippy, like, but like also like aloof. So not quite giving you the full truths mm-hmm. or like basically just asking for payment as well. Just being like, okay, well, you can pay me the blood of your firstborn child and then I will tell you if you will win this battle or not, right? Yep. Love it. Yeah. And they, I think, will listen to your like pitch or your claim or justification for whatever you need from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as long as it goes your way, like they are a massive ally. Yeah. Have. They, they're not going to kill you on sight, right? Nope. They're going to be like, what do you want? Yeah. But and they won't even... That, that's like last resort is fighting. Well, because they know they can fucking squash you. Mm-hmm. Like, storm giants ain't no joke. They strong. Yeah. They scary. They popular to boot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Casey, what about cloud giants? You have to play cloud giant as a trickster or... Um, and spellcaster. That's what they do. Like, they're one of the other few besides Storm that can cast spells. And again, they won't automatically attack. That can't be your go-to as a DM, even if your party is wanting that to be the go-to. They will assess the situation and decide, like, whether they want to engage. They might even observe and let you pass by. So... Do homework on on this because Storm and Cloud have spell ca- spells. So, like, do your homework to make sure you know what they can do and what those spells do to make the most of it. And Cloud Giants, too, are kind of fun because of the trickery side and the deceit, the two faces thing. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, the, the two masked face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go listen to our episode of Cloud Giants. It was yeah, really good. it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play, like, I feel like if you're going to role play a Cloud Giant, it would be very angelic and holier than thou. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, because it does mention in some of the books and some of the readings that um, they consider themselves the number one giant, even though within the ordering they are technically below storm giants. But because mm-hmm. storm giants are always in hiding, cloud giants believe themselves to be number one because they are in charge. They are the highest. They are up in the clouds. They are right. They are of goddom in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you were to challenge that and be like, okay, but like Johnny Storm Giant over here is actually ahead of you in the ordning, they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, but how often does he show up? Yeah. Huh? Who Have you seen you? here? He's, yeah. <laughs> Who helped you? I did. You didn't. Johnny Storm Giant. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Totally. Like, absolutely. All right. What about your favorite? Fire. Talk to me about fire giants. Fire. Okay, well, they are just so fucking strong, and they can, like, if you have storm giants in your army going against something, you are going to win. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I love... I feel like you're biased. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the fire giant dreadnought, just the cool abilities, I mean, they're detrimental yeah. for, like, anything, but... Just the charging, the ability to attack with their shield, their ability to infiltrate and, like, be a battering ram themselves as an ability. They're just really, really cool. And um, so, like, well, so 
For a DM, they might have to come up in only a specific scenario. Like you need to be in a place that, like a fire giant, like like around lava or like in a mountainside and, and all of that. Or in a specific scenario where like you are building for a big battle and you are bringing alliances and potentially they aren't on your side. But this is where you gotta, you, you gotta play it as they do have not intelligence in the sense like storm and cloud, but they are strategic. So they are not just going to run into battle like all like chaotically. They are going to strategically like build a wall. <laughs> like maybe that's why, because it's really Viking like. <laughs> so that's the thing is like I like how you the chose shield fi- wall. I feel like you chose fire giants because they're very Viking like, and I chose frost giants because they're very Viking. Yeah, but we are the opposites. Yeah, I love this it. is why we're doing we're this going podcast to war, together. By the way. We are going to war. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely agree. Like, I find that um, if fire giants are the strategic style. They put all of their intelligence into basically building weapons, building buildings, walls, like anything to kind of keep them safe. And then they're going to go to battle, right? Yeah. Um, so I think something to remember is that they're always constantly looking for their next best piece of armor or metalwork or weaponry or mm-hmm. what have you. And they could spend years trying to perfect their craft and... They're very dedicated, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, again, like, they're not as smart as your storm or cloud giant, but they definitely have intelligence in other ways. And I feel like they are, this is me just imagining them because I love them. Okay. Um, like, always put together. Like, their armor is not beat up. Like, they, it's, oh, it's, pristine. it's pristine. And, like, when they're done battle, like, they will they will clean everything up and they will never be caught out say in their pajamas oh my god they <laughs> like would, never they would have one like one person on their crew that knows prestidigitation just so that they can like clean off their armor post battle and just like clean everything up before like yeah. and then like clean off your shoes before you come inside the castle like uh-huh. very much that vibe yeah i love it all right what about frost frost i do like frost a lot <laughs> who wouldn't like again brute force to be reckoned with can fuck you up really easily they have regenerative qualities, so mm-hmm. remember that as a DM, because that's a rare thing that I don't think any other giants have, yeah. um, like, in this list, except for a hill giant, and that's only if they eat. But, <laughs> 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 but yeah, regenerative properties, so keep that in mind. Don't forget about that ability. Um, and they do fight to the death. So yeah. a lot of the other ones will get to low hit points, in a battle and they may retreat or they may try to negotiate. Like they don't want to die. No. But a frost giant to the death. Yeah. Every time. Like and 100%, un- like yeah. 99% of the time, 100% of the time. Yeah. And <laughs> they will, in a slight show of intelligence, they will try and assess this situation to find the strongest opponent and that will be their target first. Yeah. So they will be like, I want to fight the biggest and baddest guy if we're fighting. And then, like, ensue to the death. Yeah. Start from the top. Work your way down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely want to play into their competitive nature. Not mm-hmm. just in battle, but I feel like they're the, they're the kinds of giants that don't like being bad at stuff. Yeah. So, and we've always, we talked in a couple of these episodes about what it would be like for your NPC party, also your PC party to rock up to, like, a storm giant or cloud giant, fire giant, frost giant, any of these giants, right? And I like the idea that it's your barbarian that is going to get you out of this one. You know what I mean? Because, like, you always rely on your charismatic characters or your bards who are going to decept or, like, it just it, anything to do with charisma is what you rely on when you're trying to get yourself in or out of situations or get what you want out of someone. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to frost giants, who's going to get you out of that situation? It's going to be your barbarian and your fighter who are going to be like, no, nah, man, like, I will fight you to the death. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fucking Lily. Yeah. I will fight you. And like, so that's the one time where your, your barbarian or your fighter can shine. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're having um, group dynamic issues where like your barbarian or fighter is feeling like they're not getting a lot of table time because they aren't a conversational character or they just built them to not be super con- like uh, a conversational, but they're con- confrontational. Give them Perfect. a frost giant. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, we've talked about this in the previous Hill Giants episode. Unfortunately, you're not going to really find these giants wandering around all willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to find a frost giant in the middle of the desert. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So it is very specific. But I think that between fire, frost, and stone, you can definitely find one of these to come up and fight with your barbarian or your fighter for sure. Yeah. But a frost giant would be dope to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stone giants. Stone giants, the misunderstood 
giant, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> like a a place in my heart for their artistic flair and ability just to... They really like making things look pretty. Yeah, and they are recluse, and, you know, it's it's a sad story, and, yeah, I you can probably hear the same sadness that I did when we talked about some giants about them just getting rejected, and then they become recluse and isolated on the on the, like, surface level of the world. Yeah. And it's just, like, such a pity party. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, like, focus on that and kind of maybe a bit of a, like, pity party scenario of, like, maybe soft-spoken, a little bit slower. Uh, a little more aloof. Yeah, yeah, aloof. And that's kind of their persona in in any sort of interaction. Um, and definitely use stone camouflage, which is their coolest ability. So <laughs> I imagine like if you're if you come across or you're looking for a particular stone giant, I feel like on the DM side you can imagine it like say just whittling something or or carving something outside and then it hears somebody coming and then it just goes like Oh no, someone's coming. And then it goes and just like stands along the wall of the cliff. It's like Kronk from like, um, what is it, Emperor's New Groove? Just me. Yeah. And then just like camouflage and then just lets them do their thing and like it just like observes the party looking at their stuff. And then if somebody says like, say like a barbarian or somebody that always um, searches and investigates goes and starts picking up like what they've been crafting, they're just like, and then suddenly the wall will just move and then there will be like the stone giant there going please stop don't break i've been it. working on that for months it's been years yeah don't break it like that's how the conversation starts versus like just battle and then but if you are in battle like they will destroy you by throwing rocks like, oh absolutely so, they will crush you so please throw a rock Throwing rocks for with a stone giant is very different than any other because yeah. it's actually like an, a legit attack that does way more damage because they're really good at it. Oh, yeah, because they do it for sport. Yeah. Like, they, they, they have competitions for this shit. Yes. Yeah. So do that if you're going to play a storm giant. Oh, yeah. They have to <laughs> or throw stone, stone giant. A stoned giant. <laughs> <laughs> that will be in the episode eight. <laughs> stoned giants. <laughs> Oh man, no, I like the idea, like, because I, when you mentioned the fact that they hide against walls, all I could imagine in my head was the fact that they're so large, but they just press themselves up against a flat wall, and so they're just, they're, they're just a stone giant shaped rock, yeah. just up against a wall thinking that it's hidden, <laughs> and then you walk in and you're like, uh... Like, why is the top of that rock shaped like, you know, a head and shoulders? <laughs> yeah. These are the ones that have, like, the weird gravestones, too, Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, yeah, like when they so. die, they go, they walk, and they walk into like where their graveyard is, and then they just sit down and become a petrified rock. Yeah, yeah. See, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I would lean into great the graveyard. History. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would lean into the graveyard aspect, but I do also want to say, like, I feel like if I was to play one, they would be obsessive compulsive cleanliness. <laughs> so, like how you said with the armor of the fire giant, I feel like they would just have to have every rock and stone in its place. Yeah. So, like, if you walked into, like, a, a castle or some kind of a keep or a stronghold or their caves, everything is just smooth. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It looks like marble, but it's just, like, regular, like, clay stone. Right. But, like, it's so perfect. Like, for some reason, this is a stone cavern and there's no dust. Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> pristine, you know? They don't care what they look like as, like, themselves because they're they're hard at work all the time and they're doing their thing. But... I guess I feel like their surroundings would be, like, super clean. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And so if you walk into their their cave, like, put your backpack down and, like, make a muck, same thing, they come out of the wall, no, 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 no! <laughs> I just swept. Yeah. Please don't put that there. <laughs> it's like, here are your slippers. If you're going to come in. <laughs> Please remove your shoes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, love it. Uh, we're going to talk about hill giants a little bit more today, some more famous stat blocks, but what are your thoughts on hill giants? How would you roleplay that sucker? Really easy. Don't think about it. Just throw yourself at the party and you're going to battle. So there's no strategy. There's no, like, tactics. It's just, oh, food. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat your party and it's going to be great. Yeah. I I made a point of just saying, like, the worse that they smell, the more important they think they are. Uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like the smell is something that you really <laughs> lean into. We talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but like even their caves 
would mm-hmm. reek. Like, leading yeah. up to their cave would reek. It would be like the bog of eternal stench. If you put your foot in there, you will smell for a thousand years. Yeah. You know, like, it's just absolutely rancid. For sure. And that could even be a way, like, that... Like, if somebody rolls a decent perception if you're traveling through a bog or a forest or something, and then um, one of the one of the player characters picks up a stench of something, like, rotting or, like, like sweat mixed with rotting food mixed with bad breath. <laughs> yeah, just the whole nine yards. Yeah. Some people might clue in that ooh, maybe there's a hill giant around. Some may not, but that could be, like, a clue drop. Yeah. And... Look for the piles of vomit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Follow vomit. the trail of vomit and you'll find the, the hill giant. <laughs> what? <laughs> so fucking gross. So those are some tips and tricks on what you can do to kind of role play, play around with any kind of style of giant. Feel free to look back on a couple of our previous episodes because we do talk way more in detail about the different aspects of each one um, and different ways to use it within your campaign. This was just a little quick snapshot and recap of how we feel about these guys. And, like, I think that I can say that I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a little bit of something for each one here. Me too. Yeah. Agreed. But one that I will revisit is Hill Giants. Mm-hmm. Mostly just because I feel that when you're presented with so many cool fucking things, you forget about the basics. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say talk to your kobolds. You always forget that kobolds have a history. Kobolds have a reason for existing. Why not take the time to flesh that out and have... Like, as a DM, it sucks if you flushed it out and then the characters just killed them. Like, it's like, okay, that's nice. Yeah. But then that's your time to drop that Easter egg, right? Like, they killed this hill giant, but, like, you're unbeknownst that it's the only hill giant that knows how to vomit read. Exactly. And now... <laughs> and now, you're, now you've pissed off a whole colony of hill giants because you killed their one person that could read their vomit. Yeah. Like, it gets something as simple as that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it so much things, so many, so many things that you can use with these. It's mm-hmm. just so great. But that being said, I think today we're going to talk about a couple of um, more famous and or thought-provoking already pre-done hill giants. I think we're going to touch on some stuff from Storm King's Thunder, some stuff on the Omni Portal. But, yeah, Casey, start us off. Chief Gah. <laughs> All of the above. So, Chief Gah. Um, it's a she. Yes, a she. Lover. She, despite not really knowing a ton about, like, the hierarchy, just wants to elevate the hill giants. Whether they're at the bottom, the middle, or the top, it's just like, elevate. Yeah. We deserve that. more. We deserve better. Um, what a women's way of thinking. And being like, okay, we're at the bottom of the totem pole, but let's be like the top of the bottom of the totem pole. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> it's like, if we're going to suck, let's suck the best. Let's suck the best. <laughs> you can add that one out of it if you want to. It sounded differently in my mind. <laughs> that one I vomited out. Uh, the prediction was not great. <laughs> um... Okay, Chief Ga has no higher intelligence, even though, like, one might think so. It's the same. Like, she is what she is. She just had a, an epiphany one day and was like, <gasps> like, oh my goodness. But that's it. And so her plan to be the best of the bottom <laughs> is to eat as much as she possibly can all the time so that she is the biggest. Mm. So, yeah, going back to that kind of natural thing, like, the biggest means the strongest, which means the best, people will follow. Yeah. So she eats so much that she basically wants to be obnoxiously big. Other gods and other, like, chiefs can't really ignore her just because of her size. And so she's well known for her stronghold, and that's where she is, and she is, like, the largest giant you will ever come across, And so with that, you can imagine at some point, if you're eating profusively forever, you're going to get to a point where you can no longer walk. So she sits upon a broken um, cart that she used to get wheeled around in until she broke the cart. And so now she sits there and just is. um, (laughs) Just exists. Just exists and demands people um, or de- makes demands to her servants, to people around her, or creatures around her. What a life. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I would thrive in this life. <laughs> absolutely thrive. And she she is conniving, because once she became chief and decided on this mission of just being the largest, 
She took it upon herself to steal all of the husbands of all of the other female hill giants in the oh, tribe. Okay. We don't like that. What a <laughs> so, hussy. Like, tables have turned. Yeah, don't let look go much bitch. care for her anymore. <laughs> um, and essentially it just made them tasked for getting her food, like, all hours of the day, to the point where they would convene and go out in groups to get food and bring it back for her. Mm. And as the resources got exhausted, like, they would have to travel further and further to search for food for her. And any food. Like, it would be, like, livestock, the crops, the trees, and then they would take the farmers themselves because there's not, like, like just anything and bring it back for back to her to eat. And so, as such, the other female hill giants were driven away. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, you guys can get out. I'm keeping the husbands. This is how this is running. So they were driven up into the hills just outside, like, the stronghold that she resides in. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is kind of a bit of an opportunity for adventurers, if you are actually going through this storyline, is if you come across the other female hill giants in the hills outside of the stronghold, they could potentially give you valuable information, and um, because they are not on... Guz side. Absolutely not. So that, I think, was an interesting little thing. And they could maybe give you some, like, pointers and help on how to to get in there for whatever you need to do. And their hope is that they can get their husbands back. Mm-hmm. Um, would you want your husband back, though? <laughs> no, I would not. I feel like you can have that. <laughs> I'm a strong, independent woman now. Like, I don't, yeah. need, I don't need your shit. <laughs> Also, real women lift other women up. Get up and get the fuck out of here, guh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If anything, it would be to overthrow guh and then, like, be like, we don't actually need you men either, so we'll just run this. Like, we just as a like female her. only. <laughs> We've survived this long. I think we can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in terms of stats, so there are some kind of major changes because of just how Chief guh is. Yeah. Um, she can't move, so she has, like, very, very low dexterity or none. Yeah. She, and, like, not just very large, think 20,000 pounds large. That's very large. So, like, she is a part of the architecture of <laughs> the room. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to search her out and you find her on her, like, broken down cart, like, it is not just this small thing. Like, 20,000 pounds yeah. oh, she, is how she big, big she is. And as such, she has a higher pool of HP. She's up to 160 because there is a lot of her. So, like, you could, you can hack away at, like, one thigh and she probably won't notice for a really long time because there is a lot of her. Um, so keep Could you that imagine? <laughs> you just have no feeling in areas of your body? Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Like, disgust again, disgusting. She will be, she will smell so bad. Oh. Um, but because of how she grew herself so big, she couldn't move. She needed to, like, make demands to the people around her. She is one of the hill giants that can speak more than just giant. She can speak common and goblin very poorly, but she can give out, I think, basically direction and demands to, Mm -hmm. um, other creatures that are servants or in the stronghold, um, so that is one very different thing to a regular hill giant. Yeah. So knowing that as a DM, I think you could prepare for potentially having an interacting conversation with a party. There might be one of the party members that tries to talk to her. Um, and you can see how it goes, but it will still be very, very simple common. Like yeah. she won't have like the intellect or ability to do a big conversation, but someone could try and talk to her. Yeah. Um, like, how are you feeling? What yeah. Do you, what do you need? <laughs> and I don't know when I haven't had the chance to play this type of character before. I think it would be really fun to play mm-hmm. and one be one of the most bizarre encounters for a for a group because yeah. you're fighting this like giant mass of flesh basically and somewhere in there is a face and it's like that used to be a hill giant. I yeah. don't know what this is. 
But you gotta hack away at it for a long time because it does have a lot of HP. That's fair. Yeah. What's what out of all those things about her? What is one of the things that you are drawn to the most and would want to role play out? Well, she doesn't have a lot of defense mechanism, especially because she's so large. Yeah. So I think she would try. I imagine her sitting there being like, you know, arrowed and like slashy slashed. Does have arrows and, and swords sticking out of her? And all she would be doing the whole time is yelling for like, not help, but yelling, demanding her servants come to help her. You know, yeah. like, be like, goblins, like. Assemble. <laughs> giants. I'm being attacked. <laughs> yes. And that's her, that's her only defense is making a lot of noise to try and like demand her servants come help her. Yeah. And so it would be hilarious because you actually can't really do much to the attackers. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. But they're just going like, what do, what do we do with this? <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. Like, it's not in her kit, but I think it would be fucking hilarious because I imagine that she's so large, she has rolls and, again, doesn't really notice that you're there. So if you're walking past her or, like, going in for the attack, if she just, like, shifts, you get sucked in and grappled by oh one of her Oh, my God. Rolls. So then not only are you getting, like, arrows and swords sticking out of her, you also have, like, an arm or a leg of, like, a fallen soldier yeah. that got suffocated by being in between one of her folds. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. I it. And it would fucking reek. Like, let's just so remember, bad. hill giants as a whole are smelly, smelly creatures. Yeah. So, like, I feel like she would be, because she's trying to be the biggest and, like, the most important, and you can't, like, she, it would just fucking stink in that room. Yeah. And she would be reveling in it. Like, she would bottle it up and wear it as a perfume. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it would be power to her. It's Do you, like, weird, weird segue, do you think that if you were to bottle up the smell of a hill giant and wear it as a perfume that you would be, like, safe from hill giants coming after you? Like, it would be almost be like a, a repellent? Because there'd be, like, other hill giants around, so they'd be like, oh, they're, I'm in their hunting ground and I don't want to be in their hunting ground because I don't want to share my food. Yeah, or, and, yeah, and they would think that it's just another hill giant passing through. Yeah, I think that would be a great little storyline that if, like, you could bottle up her, because I feel like she'd be the stinkiest. Yeah. It'd be you, dripping off. You oh, could, yeah. Like, like, bottle that up and, like, again, wear it as a perfume, and then you can walk <laughs> through the land safely, because no one would approach you. Yep. That would be really cool. That would be cool. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> All right, who's next? Well, now we are diving into, um, Gredhog, which is actually the, the stronghold that, um... Chief Guh resides in. Okay, so it's a place, not a yeah. person. So okay. it's a place, and um, it's a pretty impressive place. I hadn't read a lot about um, this particular location before doing some work here for this podcast, mm -hmm. but I would love to bring a party through here. There's so many different creatures that you could come across. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots of room. There's a wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I what love What a great it. way to cap off the summer series. <laughs> um, so Gredhog is the name of the hill giant's den, and it means river mound in giant. Okay. So makes sense. I think it's kind of basically imagine a absolutely huge beaver den. Mm -hmm. So between two hills in, like, the water, they've just dammed it up and created this stronghold. Yeah. Pretty crudely made, like they use like sticks and mud to make a thatched roof that you might be able to discern when you're rolling up. Um, crudely made fences and the stench, like you talked about before, like oh, yeah, you will smell it long before you get. It there. would have like those hot stink lines coming off of it for sure. Yeah, 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 like con saves. I would, I would do oh, con yeah. saves, like or find a way to like plug your nose or like yes. not have to smell. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely be a tactic here. If you're bringing a party through there, remember, like, essentially the hill giants are running the place. Mm -hmm. So the intelligence generally is very low. Like, if you're coming up to Grudhog, like, don't expect a big fortress with strategic defenses. It's not going to be there. Yeah. And they're probably, if somebody just decided to, say, go defend the door or go watch the door, there's going to be a hill giant just standing there. Like, they're not, like, it's it's not going to be well protected. But there's going to be a lot of different creatures there for whatever reason. So you have to, like, keep that in mind. So you're going to come across hill giants that are male mm -hmm. and then Chief Guh because she got rid of all of the female hill giants. 
Um, and then you're going to see other creatures that, for whatever reason, have shown loyalty, potentially because she's so big. They're like, oh, okay, we don't want to mess with you, like, Yeah, if whatever. we go back to their, like, like brass tacks roots here, like, yeah. remember that hill giants respect size, and that is what determines stature. It has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to be like, oh, yes. For sure. Yeah. And so in that way, Chief Guh has gotten some deals and alliances with like neighboring um, farms or neighboring residents that are goblinoids, orcs, hobgoblins, like think that style of people that she might have an alliance with. Yeah. Um, but that's as far as it goes. Like the second she dies, they're not going to go to battle for the sake of Chief Guh. Like... They're going to be like, well, shit, okay, well, Moving what's on. the next biggest hill giant? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, there is not really, that's as far as it goes. It's like, okay, for now, it's in our best interest to call you, like, the one making the shots. Yeah. But, yeah, it's fleeting generally. Yeah. So what do those alliances look like then? Is it, like, an alliance specifically just to, so that they can feed her, so that their colonies aren't destroyed? Like, what do those relationships look like, do you think? Yeah, it seems that way. Um, she has now a big army of male hill giants to collect food. You can ally to potentially, like, we will protect any attacks from the east if we have a percentage of your, like, food that you bring in. Okay. Or stuff like that. Like, it's... It's just, hey, let, like, let's help each other out here. Yeah. Do you agree? Um, and loot. So with everything that is being brought in for her to consume, like, there is all types of creatures, right? So there's, like, jewels and valuables oh. and stuff on, like, in the clothing. Shit she would have no reason to use. No, she just wants to eat. Yeah. So all of that stuff will just be compiled. Mm -hmm. And so some alliances are, I think, are also built on that even over food, for sure, because she wants to eat everything. So it's like, okay, we will do whatever for you, and we get the the loot off of the, the like, clothing and carriages and stuff yeah. from the villages that have been pillaged. <laughs> what a great, what a great, like, little trope that would be, that you come across, like, a little cobalt encampment that has camped out here because they know that they're going to get all their goods and riches that they're going to get for their cult-worshipping dragon. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there would be a, somewhere, there'd be, like, a, a treasure-seeking dragon that has a cult of kobolds that has struck a deal with her for the riches. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of go back on her offering food, but even if beyond, if they can go out and find more food and bring it back, then they get some of her treasures that she's gotten from everything else. Yeah. So same thing. It's like, for her gain, she can make these alliances, but then in the end, it's like, if she, if she dies, it's like, well, shit, okay, let's just move on. Yeah. Like, there's no vengeance or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, it's we're done. Just, we finished it, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, really interesting location. Um, I would love to take a group through here. There's a lot of cool shit. Um, it sounds neat. <laughs> like I, and don't get me wrong, I love the fact that it would end with potentially being in the chambers with Chief Gu. But like, <laughs> to your point, like I think that wandering through, meeting some of these allied um, like colonies along the way and mm -hmm. figuring out what their stories are and what they're getting out of it and like. Or, like, they're in trouble or something, and Guh is going to come and destroy them all, so you have to kind of help fend off Guh and save this tribe or what have you. There's yep. a lot of flavor and story without even having to go into it. Yeah. Like, you could do a lot that just surrounds it if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I love it. All right, but now we're going to move on from Storm King Thunder, and we're going to jump into the Yawning Portal. Wine top up. Wine top up. All right. <laughs> So within the Yawning Portal, you will come across a bunch of relatively popular and annoying hill giants. Not only will you come across um, the chief, which we talked about in the previous episode, and the chief's wife. Mm -hmm. uh, what were their names again? Uh, Nonsmart. Nonsmart? <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. It was so long ago. I know. It was like a hour <laughs> ago that we recorded that episode. Chief Nons Nosra. Nosra. And Chief Nosra's wife, wife Grutha. Grutha. There so, we go. So <laughs> um, within those same chambers, you're going to come across a couple of different types of hill giants, such as the hill giant subchief, 
um, which is found at the head table along with the chief and his wife. And he does, however, not use hell giant stats. He uses the stone giant stats. Uh, save, of course, the camouflaging of the stone. So he can't oh, cool. He can't wall camouflage. Okay, he can. Okay. Can't. Yeah. Cannot. Mm-hmm. But he can do everything else. So that means he has an AC of 17, which is much higher than your classic hill giant. Uh, in fact, that's four higher than your classic yeah, hill giant. Yeah, that's, that's a decent amount. Um, and then has at least on average around 30 more health pool. So they're a little bit stronger, a little bit health healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have an increased strength in con, and um, they do have the rock catching reaction. Nice. Do you remember how, like, stone giants had the ability to react and catch the stone? Because they, again, they throw rocks as a sport. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be E-casted as a sport. Like, it would just, anyway, it would be fucking hilarious. Um, (laughs) They also have added proficiencies in athletics and perception. Again, that checks out with the fact that they are active in rock catching, rock throwing the whole nine yards. Not to mention, (laughs) he also has dark vision. Oh, yeah, because yeah, stone, stone giants, they're underground, the whole nothing. So for simplistic comparison, he has a challenge rating of seven, whereas a classic hill giant has a challenge rating of five. Okay. So they're they're just heftier, bigger. Well, he, the, the hill giant subchief, is just heftier, bigger, be a little bit more difficult to kill. Even though it looks like you're fighting a hill giant, you are not. You are fighting a stone giant. Right. Which is a little bit frightening. Yeah. Can... You can potentially be caught out, especially if you're the, like, if you've gone through several hill giants to get to that point, mm-hmm. you, can, you can, the barbarian will be like, okay, here we go again, and roll in, and then, Get oh, fucking Rick rolled. Yeah. What do you mean my 16 doesn't hit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fun part of the DM, too. It's like, does not hit. It does not hit. Yeah. It is you, a miss. You heard that right. You fucked up. <laughs> what do you mean 25 doesn't hit? <laughs> Fuck that. Um, also, you will find uh, hill giant uh, sur- sergeants. Sarge- I was going to say surgeons, which I feel is like a Dave thing to do, unfortunately. <laughs> Just to say words, <laughs> like easy words specifically inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, there will be hill giant sergeants uh, who wear fucking chainmail. Mm. So it brings her AC up to 16. Yeah. So this is kind of like, they do use your classic hill giant stat block from what I understand, but then they have the added chainmail. So they're just yeah. a little bit like harder to hit. That's all. For sure. And then along with that, you're going to get your hill giant servants and your young hill giants. Um, and they use the ogre stat block. So an AC of only 11, speed of 40, and a strength of 4, and, and a con of 3. So similar to your classic hill giant, just slightly weird, like slightly weaker. But still dumb as a post. <laughs> yeah. They still have an intelligence of negative three. Like, so um, those are the three that you'll kind of, like, come across um, within the chambers of the Yawning Portal if you're going to be taking on the chief and the chief's wife. Mm-hmm. So looking at those three, would you ever use one of these in your campaigns? I know we talked in the last episode about using the chief and the chief's wife. But do you have a, do you have a desire or a strong desire to pull one of these out into a campaign world. I think you could use the subchief or sergeant for sure if, say, you come across a group of hill giants that are traveling for whatever reason. Say they've been instructed to go to a different stronghold or they've been instructed to move and you encounter the group of them on the road. Mm -hmm. Then in the group, just in classic battle scenarios, there's like the more elite version of the group yeah so like the captain fights the captain and like you navigate through the battlefield to go after them i love that and that would be one of these yeah you would this would be where you could throw that in and use the stat blocks for this one to be kind of one of the the leaders yeah i feel like you can definitely pull these out and utilize them in like a colony like you were saying but i feel like this is going to be a more well established and organized colony of hill giants this isn't just going to be your random run-of-the-muck, you come across one in the wild. No. no. They're protecting something. They're protecting someone. Yeah. They are of a higher stature. Yeah. So you're not going to find them wandering around. You're going to find them with the person they're protecting or with yeah. the... Yeah, they have direction. They have or, a job. Or instruct. Yeah. Yeah. They have a job they're trying to do. Yeah, a little more organized. And I feel like they wouldn't attack you unless attacked or felt feeling threatened. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like they're like, okay, well, I need to stay alive to protect the thing that I'm protecting. So I'm not just going to hit and kill everything that I can see like the other fucking hill giants do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. 
Yeah. How do you feel about changing and adjusting stat blocks, by the way? So, like, I know we've talked in the last couple episodes where, like, young giants um, tend to use the hill giant stat block as opposed to, like, making their own, like, young storm giant stat block. Mm-hmm. We just use and pull the hill giant one. Or, for instance, in this case, we're taking the hill young hill giants and using the ogre stat block. So how do you feel about utilizing other stat blocks for a different style of character? I am a rule follower, and so... I I like organization and less chaos. Yeah. So, like, this is why, you know, I admire... um, I admire people who can homebrew a campaign and bring a whole bunch of, like, innovative creativity and mishmash Mm -hmm. because it, it is really fun, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. And my brain just kind of goes... Ah, there's too much and I will spend like three years trying to make a home campaign because I just can't decide. Yeah. So I prefer having proper direction. So I and I like that it's like this it makes <laughs> I'm data driven. So I mean it, you're a scientist. <laughs> so yes, that makes sense that you're data driven. Yes, I'm data driven yeah. and structure. So I like when you're given, like, an, an alternate, like, the young hill giant or a slightly elevated hill giant, and they just direct you how to do it. It makes sense, then, safe to use the orc stat block. Because in my mind, too, it would be like, well, if he threw all of these out there and it was the same stat block, it's like, what, why? And so I appreciate following the direction here, and I would. <laughs> I would just use it as it's said. Yeah. And accept it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like listeners can be like, oh, you're a type whatever. <laughs> if you're profiling me as a type personality over here. <laughs> Fucking scientist, brilliant woman. Yeah, you could have your own me. harem if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Follow yeah. these rules. <laughs> you are acceptable. <laughs> Here's a list of things I need that yeah. are required before you can be within my yeah. presence. Thank and you. if you're taking this title and this responsibility, here's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. You get you get one piece of chain mail for being my guardian, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> if you ask for anything more, you're fired. Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I honestly, like, I'm one of those people where, because I feel like they took a lot of time with other monsters and other creatures to make, like, if you think dragons, of course they're the most important creature within Dungeons and Dragons, and I say that loosely, and I'm going to get attacked on the internet for saying that. <laughs> but um, with dragons, you have your your your... Adult dragons, your elder dragons, your young dragons, your baby dragons. You have stat blocks for each fucking one in the book. Right. So it seems weird that they didn't take the extra two seconds to make different. But I mean, it would be a lot. Like, because if you think of hill giants, there's like, what, six types of regular, like, structured giants. And then if you were to make like a youngling version for each one, that's 12 stat blocks, right? So then the elite ones. And then the elite ones. And then like all the special storyline ones, like we just talked about, like, there's a lot. So I do find it is very handy and helpful to be able to say, yeah, absolutely. It is this character. It is this creature and monster, but just use this stat block because it's the closest thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it does kind of lead to a little bit of creativity. Cause like if you were to pull from like, let's say you were doing it like a young league of something and you use the hill giant thing for some reason, whatever you're playing can now throw rocks, mm-hmm. which might be a little cute thing. Yeah. It's like it throws rocks. Right? True. So you can pull inspiration from other stat blocks when it tells you to use others. Yeah. Right? So. And if you looked up the orc stat block and you really hated it, and you could just use something else and, like, no one's no going to one, know. Nobody's going to know. How are they going to know? I mean, Dan would know. <laughs> Dan, Dan would, would know. Dan would 100% know. Fuck, Dan would know. Dan would know. <laughs> so if you ever DM for Dan, uh, you cannot fudge the stat block. So, you will know. Yeah. Adam will know, but he won't say anything. Dan will know, and then he'll just be a dick yeah. about it. Because he can't, he can't not say it. Yeah, he can't, he can't <laughs> not. You can tell when he's trying not to burst Spill the beans. <laughs> he's like, it. you see this pressure building up behind him. I just love it. It's like, it's like, don't talk about this. Five seconds later, oh, this. And you're like, okay. Dan, sit down. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that we finally got to a point in this series where we made fun of Dan for a hot second. Yes. I feel like it hadn't happened yet, and we needed to we needed to have that moment for ourselves. Awesome. Um, all right, so there are a couple of other famous hill giants that we kind of want to touch on before we kind of wrap up our lovely conversation on these folks. So what do you got for me, Casey? In talking about just how uh, different strongholds are set up, 
There's no strategy. There's no real tactics. But someone at some point goes, well, someone should stand outside the doors of our keep, right? That sounds like a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. So you'll come across um, Cog and Tug. <laughs> this is in Storm King's Thunder, yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cog and Tug. Um, there's a lot there. Yeah. Moving I on. Can, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to allow the internet to give us their best puns on that, and we're just going to let it fester. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so these are two hill gi- giant guards um, in the Storm Giant Stronghold Maelstrom. So if you ever come across Maelstrom, you might come across um, these two comrades. They are your classic, really, like, non-intelligent duo with very, very simple tasks, like stand outside the door. <laughs> But they're like, but why? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they're like, all right, sure. And so they do that. Yeah. But um, they are very simple and in true hill giant form. Like, if you walk up to the doors and they're like, stop. And you say, hey, no, we actually need to talk to so-and-so. Um, they're expecting us. They'll go, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Not smart. Let us take line. you there. And yeah. Yeah, this is like, okay, I'm trying to think of, what are their names in uh, Hercules, Hades is, what, what are the two, um... I know what you're talking about. Fuck, I'm gonna have to Google it. <laughs> uh, pain and Panic. Yes. I didn't have to look that up, by the way. Nice. I know you can't see me, but I did not have to Google it. <laughs> I pain confirm. And panic. Yeah. <laughs> pain and Panic are the two that I was thinking of when you yeah, said that. Yeah, like, they have a job, but they're useless. They they're, have no idea what they're doing. They're no. wearing Hercules' merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... From super easy as a DM, um, the players may overthink it because yeah. they'll be like, okay, do we need to just like sneak in and attack? What do we need to do? And those guards look scary. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, because they are still hill giants. Absolutely. But essentially, if you don't nat one on whatever you're trying to do with them, you probably will get away with them escorting you to exactly who you're supposed to kill or steal from or yeah. whatever. Oh, by the way, do you have any knives with you that I can borrow? I just want to throw one at your boss real quick. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Here you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you can bullshit so easily through these guys. Yeah. Um, so kind of a fun duo. And like, yeah, like a classic pair of guards yeah. that come up and yeah. They, they dumb. Yeah, so cute. Uh, so they would be fun to role play. I think it would be a fleeting moment, but... <laughs> For the DM, a good moment. Like, again, sometimes when you're playing in those serious campaigns, it's good to throw in these little tidbits and these little characters that are just built different and, yeah. and to have a little bit of fun. Because I, I think people always forget that the DM should be having fun, too. Yeah. And, like, I think this is a good a good call-out to that when you're playing a serious campaign. <laughs> yeah, and... And from the player's perspective, I think everybody thinks, like, everything's going to end up in battle. Like, oh, here we go. We're going in. Like, we're going to end up fighting these guys. And this is one scenario where you won't. Yeah, get ready like, to necessarily. fight. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be like, was that? That was too easy. Like, what did we miss? No, you didn't miss anything. They're just, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another one that is notable is The Keeper. And this is also in... Um, Tales from the Yawning Portal. The Keeper resides in um, the dungeon level of the Hill Ch- Hill Giant Stronghold from um, this story arc. Okay. So he essentially is exactly what you expect. He is, like, for whatever reason, ended up being responsible for the, uh, like, like, guarding the, the dungeons mm-hmm. of the stronghold. So, hasn't seen the light of day in decades. Just lives down there. Hunchbacked, cruel, gone a little bit mad, so is wicked, has no empathy, no remorse, just deals with people coming and living out the rest of their days there and no real other interactions. Fair enough. So, if you are um, needing to go down and potentially, like, save someone from the dungeons or you come across um, the Keeper... It, it will be a little bit more beefy than a regular hill giant, but but not that bad. Yeah. Also has two pet apes, which is interesting. So I think uh, he 
like positions them at doors. So mm-hmm. you might come across just an ape when you open the door instead of what you might expect. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of fun. Um, he uses a battle axe, and so that actually gives him a 15-foot reach. Yeah. So, like, keep that in mind um, and definitely make sure you do that with uh, as a DM. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he is a bit more beefy. Like I said, he uses stone giant stats just without the stone camouflage ability. Yeah. So So. similar to, um, the one you just, the one I literally just talked about. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the, the chief, the the sub chief. Yeah. The sub chief. Yeah. So yeah, similarly, just a little bit more challenging as it should be if it's kind of guarding or managing the, the dungeons. So we got to go through a bigger guy to get to the final guy. So imagine if there was a mouth of Gurlantor in the dungeons mm. after you just fought that guy and his apes. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's super cool. He he can't be negotiated with, really. He's just there to do his job. There's no point in communicating with him, so that's how you play him. So he'll put up a decent fight and will fight to the death, essentially. Yeah. Like he'll you gotta kill him yeah. to move on. This is this is a murder it. You can't actually converse with this one. Which weirdly enough is like a a big contention I find sometimes at D and D tables when there's always that conversation of you don't have to fight it or don't be scared to run away or don't do this. But there's weirdly enough this odd pressure, I don't think we talk about enough on players where fighting is the bread and butter of D and D. That's mm-hmm. why they create stat blocks. That's why they create weapons. That's why they do all of these things. Is because fighting is the basis of this game. Yeah, it is not necessarily to be a charismatic talking person. We just do that as players because we like it. Mm-hmm. There is they write stat blocks and give us alignments and they give us talking points and they give us these things. So that we don't have to use our creative brains. Right. We can use our analytic scientific brains, but that means that it will usually always lead to fighting. Mm-hmm. Because that's just what the game was built to do. Yeah. And this one, the keeper, is that weird one-off like situation where it's not negotiable with. Mm-hmm. So if you have a crew of people that's just like, no, like we want to play this game on the up and up and we want to play it on the up and arrow and we're not going to kill anything. You're going to throw one of these at them and they're going to be super confused because they're going to be like, okay, well you as a DM, you should be giving them the option that there's a way out if they talk, if the, there's a way out if they negotiate, that there's a way out if the bard seduces the dragon. Like there's always a way out. Right. And I don't think we talk about it enough that there's that pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is one of the case in points of they may try to negotiate and get mad at the DM because the negotiation failed. But yeah. that's the character is written. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get anywhere. You can absolutely try. <laughs> 100% you can try. And like, okay, I know I just, I've been ta- watching Stranger Things, but like, <laughs> I feel like there was a moment in Stranger Things and anyone who's watched Stranger Things might actually, I don't know if you'll hate me for saying this. I feel like I'm going to get so much hate, <laughs> but Eddie is a great DM. And I know you haven't quite got there yet, but there is a character in the fourth season who is a DM. There's a new DM in the game. And he was so happy when they succeeded at things. Oh my God. I can't wait. He was proud of them and he was like excited for them and like gave them all the things and the tools that they required to be successful within their game. And they showed that within like a two minute span, like a two minute montage of them playing D and D. You (laughs) learn, I learned that Eddie is a great DM. (laughs) And I want to be his friend. Yay. And maybe date him. So I'm just... <laughs> I might have a crush, guys. I, <laughs> Storm Giants Eddie. It's a, it's a whole thing. I'm feeling good things. But that's the thing to kind of keep in mind. If we're talking about being inspiring as a DM and being inspiring as a player, it goes both ways. Like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to both be having fun at the table. And I feel like when you come across these kinds of, like, the keeper that is meant to not be negotiated with, you have to make that abundantly clear. Yeah. That you just be like, I'm sorry, I'm here for this job. I will kill you if you step forward. Yeah. Like, do not give them the option if mm-hmm. you know that they're going to attack. Like, otherwise you're going to disappoint your players and they're going to be like, well, I just wanted to be friends with it. And it's like, okay, well, sometimes you can't be friends with everything, Jeffrey. You just can't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Sometimes you just got to power through and and demolish them and move on. Yeah. Or if you can't, you go back and you recoup and you try it. Yeah. Because that's the only way. There's nothing wrong with failing and then, like, leveling up and then coming back to it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the whole point of, like, every fantasy series is written that way. Yeah. That they fight the big, big bad at the beginning and lose. Yeah. 
And then they're like, okay, well, now I know what I need to do and what I need to be to get there. And they spend their lifetime building themselves up for this final battle. And then they decide, no, I'm a good person. I don't want to fight you. But there are those often times where, like, they do fight and they do win, which is dope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Z, case in point. But, like, (laughs) that's just how, again, it's written that way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I feel like that was a very long tangent about more about like DMing and XYZ. But any other final thoughts before we actually wrap up? Well, I think when we think back of all of the the giants that we've talked about, I think that is an important thing to consider as a DM is which ones will stay for the fight and which ones won't engage in fight and which ones will survival instinct will come into play and will run. Like, it's very easy to, like, just stay in the battle and kind of want your players to succeed. Like, when you're, when whatever giant you're playing gets down to sub 30 HP, the natural instinct is just to be like, well, let's just play this out. Who's going to get the kill? Blah, blah, blah. But you got to stay true to what those giants do. Yeah. And so if that giant will recognize just by sheer, like, I am about to die and the survival instinct kicks in, like you need to change how you're playing that character, that, that giant yeah. and be like, it, it starts to run away. Yeah. And then the characters have the choice whether to, and usually they do, is just pursue to, that bitch. Yeah, yeah. Pursue, arrow that guy in the back, like, yeah. <laughs> obliterate it. I yeah. feel like you've played with our D&D group for too long now. <laughs> That's yes, 100%. Don't let do. it get away. He'll tell his friends, <laughs> and then he'll tell his friends, and that's like 50 people. Yeah. Math checks out. <laughs> but keep that in mind with every type of giant we've talked about, because they are all a little bit different. Like, frost giants will fight to the death. Yes. They, like, they, they stand their ground. Yeah. Um, some of them will decide they are too fucking beat up and be like, I am out. Like, let me please just live, and I'll be out. And other ones will absolutely refuse to even do battle because in two rounds, it's over, TPK. Yeah. <laughs> so keep or that they, in mind. They might even look at you and be like, okay, well, you're not even worth my time. Like, exactly. I'll just squish you with my foot and yeah. that will be the end of it. Storm Giants won't even fight you. No. They'll just be like, okay, you're being stupid and like snap their fingers and then you poof off the face of the earth. Like, yeah. Like, there's just so many different things that you can utilize when it comes to role-playing these characters and taking into consideration the joy that your team is going to have when you're playing with them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Giants, I was not big on... In case, now that we've done this series, how do you feel? Like, I feel like we've, we've fought giants before and we've, we've utilized giants before, but do you feel like you would want to use them more now, now that you... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, as sources of key information, as sources of key allies, and then as sources of major, like, um, kind of big bad guys at, or big end game guys you could do in a one shot. Like, yeah. yeah, I would use them a lot more. I freaking love Storm King Thunder. I'm like, I'm obsessed now. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I'd love to play a campaign in it. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I think the thing that always has stuck out to me through every episode we've played is the language. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because now I've realized that the language predates. The creation of dragons, the creations of worlds, like, this was, it was the first language, basically. And, again, you can come at me in the comments if you want to, if there's other theories and other things out there. But it is one of the more original primitive languages that is, like, a lost language. It's, like, Mm -hmm. Sanskrit to us, right? Like, so it's one of those things where if your character knows how to speak and write runes and deal with giant language, like, give your players Mm -hmm. access to historical information, yeah. Like, it's just such a... There's so much you can do. You don't even have to use giants themselves, but use their language. Um, use what their layers look like. Um, use, like, their history to be like, okay, well, we can't go in that area because you, we will come up to fucking guh. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, guh resides there. I'm not going there, right? Like, and it's the same as, like, hint dropping that stuff. Like, you come across a cult of kobolds and they're just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're collecting riches and treasures from Guh for our dragon master. Well, your focus as a team is going to be the dragon master, but you just like word vomited something that maybe one player on your team is going to be like, oh my God. Yeah. That is a, that is the, this giant, which means that they have all of these treasures should we go and get these treasures. Yeah. And your rogue would probably be like, absolutely we do. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just, I, anyways, I digress. I think giants are great. I think there's a lot more to them than we, more than meets the eye, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, I'm sad to say that that's all for the giant summer special. Yeah, we're all out of true giants in Dungeons and Dragons, and that means that we have to cork the wine and say adieu. Casey, this was a lot of fun. It and was. Ray, it was so much fun. <laughs> and we will absolutely love having you on the team here. So I would love to come back another time. Good. It's been great. I hope to see you again. Thanks for listening to this special episode of It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash it's a mimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. we started this episode with daddy giants (laughs) (laughs) so good hello adam hi adam how are you (laughs) hope things are going well for you and that you're loving all of our bullshittery no ernie (laughs) sorry adam we're gonna give it a minute for my cat to stop yelling I hope that that picks that up. Okay, he's getting close. When the tone goes down. Oh, damn it. Shut up, Ernie. That worked. Oh. <laughs> the sad sound of work. Oh. I don't think it's picking it up. Okay, we can go ahead. Okay. He'll shut up in a minute when he realizes I'm not coming. Oh, my God, Ernie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.